Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. And funnily enough, interestingly enough, yesterday I took three little boys out to Greenwich and uh, just at the back of the um, Maritime Museum, they've built this great big, huge, long, I don't know how to describe it, a trough almost out of marble, which has just water cascading down it for, I don't know how many metres, it's a really long stretch. And the boys discovered that if you put twigs and leaves in, you could just watch, the, watch them gurgle all the way down. And they just stood there for hours, just, just playing with the water, watching the water. One of them is um, about 18 months, and I saw when he got up, he's the home of his front row. No, what, what's his mother going to say when I get him home? Um, and actually, Owen's mentioned baptism, and I just felt to say off the back of that, if you haven't been baptised, there's something about the Lord saying to you today, yeah, do it, step in. Be baptised. Experience that sense of obedience and that sig- significance of, of the washing of the water of baptism, which signifies that you're clean. We heard so much about that in the songs we sang this morning. It's fantastic worship about God cleaning us by his spirit, that we stand in, in fields of grace. And uh, that's probably a good thing to remember as we begin to now uh, look at our subject for today because... We are just beginning this um, series on, on leadership. I'm going to have a go at using one of these to see if I can... Oh, doesn't look like it's... Hang on, bear with me. Ah, there we go, there we go. Right, find the right button. Okay, so we've just started this series on, on leadership and on leadership lessons and recognised last week that it, it's not just for those of us who feel like we might be in a leadership position, but actually we need to learn to lead ourselves as well. And so over the next few weeks, we have a number of subjects that we're going to go through. So last week, Owen did a fantastic job just introducing the, the, the theme and the series, giving an introduction, talking about the, the importance of purpose and mission, and then just unpacked very helpfully those those three terms, character, competence, and chemistry, and that, and that the biggest one, the biggest influence on leadership is character. We might think it's competence. We might think it's chemistry. How do I get on with you? But actually, what God looks for is character. And then we've got a number of other areas we're going to look at over the next few weeks. So kindness, discipline, courage, wisdom, humility. Today, we're going to look at excellence. And if you look at those, that list First of all, it can feel a little daunting, so it's good to remind ourselves that we stand under grace, but also, as well as it looking daunting, when you look at that list, you think, who does that remind you of? Who does that remind you of? It reminds us of the Lord Jesus, doesn't it? The one who we're told to fix our eyes on. And the very word Christian means a follower of Christ. Uh, We had uh, the privilege a few years ago of having a guy called Terry Virgo come and speak, and uh, he, if you like, is the, is, is the father figure of our whole family of churches that we've grown, Owen and I and others, grown up in and that we're sort of part of as well. Now in his late 70s. And uh, Owen asked him some questions about leadership. And uh, you might expect that someone like that, who's fathered a whole movement, which now probably runs to thousands of churches, would be a very well-known figure in current Christendom, you might think that he would have a whole list of strategies. 
And what he said was, well, really what I found was that as I followed Jesus, other people just started to follow me. And that's what Paul says. When you read Paul, he says, he says, follow me. He actually tells people, look, follow my way of life. Follow me as I follow Christ. So actually, as we look at these various elements of leadership, what we are really doing as well is we're looking at the character of the Lord Jesus and we are attempting to follow him. And as I said, we do stand under grace. Uh, but there is this tension that we can sometimes feel. Uh, one of the passages in the Bible talks about making every effort. So in 2 Peter, it says this, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection. It's a whole list, isn't it? And to mutual affection love. Now, interesting that he says, Peter says there, make every effort to add to your faith. The faith is the first and the primary importance. It's the faith in Christ, in his grace, in his forgiveness. I stand clean. I'm not doing anything to earn his love. I've got it already, just by faith. But actually, I'm then encouraged to make every effort to add these things. Why? Well, Peter says this, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus. So in other words, we stand in grace, but we're encouraged to make every effort to add some of this stuff to our lives because we want to be productive. And actually, if you ask anybody, the vast majority of people, if you ask them about life, they'll, they'll talk about wanting to feel like they've, they're, they're significant, that they've done something that makes a difference, something that counts. And how much more for us as Christians, we have that sense, don't we? Every now and then, I don't know about you, you have that moment when you think, oh my goodness, life is passing quick. For some of you, you're probably not thinking that. I'm thinking that, let me tell you. <laughs> life is passing quick. What am I doing in it? What's my significance, my purpose? Oh yeah, no, God, I want to. Because, because of what you've done for me, oh boy, I want to live a life that is full of purpose and significance. And so we're going to look today at excellence and what that might mean, unpack it a little bit, see what the Bible might say about something around excellence and just consider what that might mean for us in our daily lives. So what does excellence actually mean? What terms might we use to unpack it a bit and, and what is it, where might it apply? So I think excellence and the way we live excellently can apply in all sorts of realms of life. Some of these would be up here. So family, with our family. Are we living excellently with our family, in our friendships, in the workplace, in our church, in the wider community? One of the possible dangers about, about seeking to live excellently, which we'll unpack what that might mean in a minute, is that you can become unbalanced in that. I read an account uh, in, in the book that we're using to support us with this um, series uh, about uh, and a, a really well-known guy in America who uh, had um, a disabled child and decided that he would just, with this child, he would, he would run carrying this child on a number of marathons so that the child could experience what it was like to run. And he just he wasn't a particularly fit man, but he got very fit. And he's now run loads of these marathons. He's become really famous, very inspirational. And in the course of all of this, his marriage has just broken because he was giving all of his time to that. And what he was doing was, was with excellence, but it became almost an obsession and therefore, other areas in life, he, he lost a sense of balance. And in the other areas of life, there wasn't excellence, far from it. 
And so there is always a slight danger when we talk about excellence that we, 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 we imply that in one or other area of our lives and that others suffer. And so it's important for us just to be aware of, of balance when we consider excellence in our lives. But let's just look a little bit then at what uh, we might describe as excellence as being. And there are a number of words that we could use to describe it. If you look in the dictionary, it talks about virtue. It talks about uh, acting with goodness, righteousness, morality, integrity, dignity, honesty, with honour, being incorruptible, acting with decency, with purity, having high principles, being ethical, upright, we're getting weary with all this lot, upstanding, respectable, noble, blameless. But you know what's interesting when you think about all those terms? They're not about output. They're about input. They're about the way you are. They're not about the thing you produce. This is not about producing with excellence, something with excellence. This is all about input. It's all about attitude. It's all about how I present. It's all about how I give myself. So let's just look at why for the Christian it's a good thing to do. Is there, is there a biblical basis for excellence? Well, I think there is. And the first one would be this one here. The excellence, we could say, originates with God. God saw what he had made and behold, it was very good. Anybody know what links those things together? Is it, Ma- to do with maths? it is something to do with it's maths. maths. Theory, you have a number and add another number. Spot on. Round of applause for Martin. <laughs> were, you just, were you just waiting for him to. Yeah, you knew. Okay. Anyone know what it's called? Fibonacci. Fib- 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 It's the Fibonacci principle, yeah. And Fibonacci in the 13th century just discovered as he was looking at stuff in nature that there is this mathematical pattern to it, which is the one that Martin's just described, that as as things in nature grow, either in size or quantity, quite often you find this pattern. So you get this pattern of, okay, so one and two makes three, and then the size of that one, you two and three makes, and then that's five. And as you add these numbers together, you find that they occur all the time in nature. You find them occurring in small parts of nature like this. And as we've found out more, we discover that this Fibonacci pattern exists in universes and in storm patterns. It's everywhere. Isn't that amazing? Just amazing. God is excellent, isn't he, in what he makes? And perhaps if we did doubt, doubted it at all, then we might... No. We might also think, gosh, that's, that's pretty excellent, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that pretty excellent? God is excellent in what he makes and what he does. It is a pattern that he has established for us. So excellence originates in God. Excellence is for God. It is for God. This is what the Bible says. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Excellence originates with God, but it's also all for him. 
And that is so helpful, do you know, because sometimes you will be seeking to live life excellently in a really difficult circumstance where it just feels like it's the day-to-day and it's mundane and it's difficult and you're not seeing any result, seemingly. You might be putting in lots of excellence, but they don't seem to be much excellence coming out the other end. But actually, who are you doing it for? You're doing it for him. It's Christ you're serving. Whether you are getting up in the middle of the night to change a child's nappy, or whether it is that you are working in a government office making huge decisions about the course of history, whatever it is that you are doing, you're doing it for him. And that changes everything. I don't know about you, but the days that I remember that, my days are different when I remember that. I now these days try my best when I'm walking to the station or wherever it is I'm going that day to say, Lord, today make me a blessing. Let me be a blessing where I'm going today. Let me, let me do what is going to please you. Yeah, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight today, oh God. It just changes the way, we, the way we perceive what our day is going to be like. It changes it. It is for God. We are designed for it. We're designed for it. Uh, the Christian faith has always had this phrase attached to it, imago dei. In other words, we are made in the image of God. It says that right back in Genesis, doesn't it? He made them in his image. Let's make man in our image, God says. So we are designed for it. We are made in his image and we are designed for excellence. Uh, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared in advance that we should walk in them. Do you know what? I find that so encouraging. The excellence with which you are going to live tomorrow is on a path that he has already designed for you in advance. Do you know that? It's not random. It's not, well, I'll do my best, but it's a tricky situation. Yes, it might be, but God has designed this path for you to walk in. He prepared the good works for you in advance to walk in them. It's wonderful. And sometimes you'll know that because you'll suddenly find, oh, God, I'm in my sweet spot today. I'm doing this, and it just, oh, my goodness. Okay, I might be working for this company, and I'm not always quite sure about it, and sometimes I'm not quite sure how productive this company is and why am I doing it? But you know what? Today, what I've done, how I've served that person, my colleague, my friend, how I've looked after my kids today, do you know what? I've just been in my sweet spot today. There's been a sense I've been in my sweet spot. And that's because God has prepared these good works in advance for you to walk in. Tomorrow, when you go out and do whatever your daily work is going to be, whether it's caring for children or being at home or studying or at work somewhere, he will have prepared that for you in advance. And you can therefore be confident. You're made in his image, and he's prepared this work for you to do in advance. Eric Liddell, great man, who's if you've ever seen the film Chariots of Fire, And a good story about a Christian man who wouldn't give up on his principles. He believed that that Sabbath, Sunday, should be protected. And and so he he refused to run his best race in the Olympics on a Sunday. Wouldn't do it. And uh, he became a missionary 
uh, died during the Second World War in a Japanese prisoner of war camp. Uh, his final words are recorded as being, it's all about surrender. It's all about surrender before he died. And he said this, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And I feel his pleasure when I run. There'll be moments where you suddenly think, oh God, this is what you made me for. Oh my goodness. And I feel your pleasure when I'm doing this. Even if it's a small, seemingly insignificant act, oh boy, I feel your pleasure in this, God, because you made me for this. I was made for this good work. Search it out, look for it, ask him for it. Sometimes it's just that we need to have our eyes opened. You know, you say, oh God, would you just deliver me from this? It's just so difficult. I just, I hate being here. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm very, he just says, just open your eyes. Just see, you can, just see if you do that. That's, that's excellent, and that's, that's the good work I prepared for you today. Was that, that act of kindness? That was the good work that I'd prepared in advance for you to do today? Oh, but I thought it was this. No, 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 just open your eyes. Be sensitive to his Holy Spirit. You'll find that there are good works he's prepared for you in advance. So you're made for it, and you're equipped for it. We're equipped for it. <laughs> Peter's second letter, he says this, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Now, there's probably not much more excellent than, than godliness. Okay, If you're being like God, that's, that's pretty excellent, isn't it? And he has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. He has equipped you with everything you will need to live excellently. Because you might feel that that word just feels a little bit over, overawing. God, how can, I, how can I be excellent in everything? I mean, how can I? You know, no, he's, he's equipping you to do that. We sang a song today about change from glory into glory. You're on a journey towards this. He's making you perfect. That's what the Bible says. So you're on a journey. It's not perfection, but he's making you perfect. You're on a journey but he's equipping you for it. Every day you are being equipped to live excellently for him, to live in a way that brings him glory, that reminds you reminding yourself, this is all about you, it's for you, and do you know what, God, you're equipping me for it. Oh. Do you know, suddenly that whole list of things that I'm supposed to do, that make every effort to add to your faith, that if I'm not careful can just sound like law again and works. And I thought this Christian faith was supposed to be good news, and now I've got to add this, 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 and this, and this. Oh, yeah, no, no, but actually, no, no, just a second, God says. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but, but, but I've, I've prepared this in advance for you to do. So, so I'm going to put you in the right place for you. Uh, and I'm going to equip with you with everything you need to do it. Yeah, and it's all going to be for me. So that'll end up, what's that? That's worship. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, oh wow. Sometimes we can tend to still go back to the, oh, it's about works. I know I'm a Christian, but I've got all these things I must do. Yes, and he gives you everything you need for it. You are equipped for everything pertaining to life and godliness. Uh, Mother Teresa, you know Mother Teresa? I've heard of Mother Teresa. Some of you have, some of you haven't. Mother Teresa probably died about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe, something like that. She was a very famous nun who worked in... Uh, the slums of Calcutta in India, spent her whole life working there and had a real passion to care for those who had absolutely nothing and who were dying. So she cared for the dying in Calcutta. 
and, uh, and, and develop this whole ministry with many others working for her and with her. And uh, she's got this lovely quote. She says, Not all of us can do great things, but we can all do small things with great love. Isn't that great? You think, oh, yeah, but what, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing much that's adding much of significance. No, you can, you can do small things with great love. We're equipped for it. But it's not always on show. It is not always on show. Sometimes it is hidden. And actually that can be a good thing. Because Jesus says this. Be careful not to practice your righteousness, living right excellently in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. Takes us back to that passage, doesn't it, about who it's for. But sometimes it will be secretive and sometimes it needs to be in secret. Sometimes it needs to be done quietly with where the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. Why is that? Because it keeps me from pride and arrogance that it's all about me. It's hard though, I can tell you. You want people to know, don't you? Do you know I just did that? What I put in the offering just now? No. God says, no, don't do that. I see it. And actually, if you do it that way, you'll lose your reward. Now, sometimes our good works, our righteousness, our excellence will be hidden. But it gets noticed. It's hidden, but it does get noticed. Because Jesus also says, let your light so shine before men. Why? So that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When you quietly, secretively, just under the radar, act with integrity, when you don't join in with that conversation, when you choose not to try and down, oh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? When you, when you don't attempt to, to give less than you should at work, less effort, when you carry on even when others are saying, just, 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 Working too hard, you're making the rest of us look bad, stop it. And you carry on with integrity. It's noticed. It's noticed. So when we live in this way, yes, we should do it in a way where we're just doing it to please our Father, but I can pretty much guarantee you that at some point or other it will be noticed. And do you know what? Even if it's not noticed by other people, it's always noticed by the Lord. And that's why it says... Do these things before him, you'll get reward. There's incentive for doing this. God, when we read the book of Job, there's a point where God says to Satan, have you seen my servant Job? Have you seen how righteous he is? God notices. Have you seen that? Oh, I'm so proud of him. God notices when we do things with excellence and righteousness, even though we might feel it's hidden. Last point. God's grace is all over it. When you seek to live in a way that is excellent and righteous, God's grace is all over it. This is what Paul said when he wrote to the Corinthians. He said, I'm the least of the apostles, and you know, I don't even deserve to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of the other apostles, actually. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. 
God's grace is all over our efforts to be excellent and to live righteously. His grace underpins it. His grace is all over it. His grace is with us when we get to the end of a day and think, oh boy, that, I did not live excellently today. The way I snapped at my husband or wife or kid, well, that was just not excellent. It was not excellent the way I just joined in with that conversation. It was, just, oh God, I just wasn't. But you know what? God's grace is all over our attempts at excellence because his mercies are new every morning. Which means that even if you feel like you didn't live a particularly excellent day yesterday, tomorrow with the Lord is another day. Because his mercies are new. You're covered. You're clean. You're forgiven. You come back, you repent. I say, God, I'm so sorry I did that. Yeah, forgiven. As we heard this morning from Steve. Yeah, sins, yeah, don't you know your sins? Yeah, they're as far away as the east is from the west. What does that mean? That means that I need never get up the next day and think, oh boy, I just blew it yesterday. I don't even know whether I can, you know, God, are you still, can I even begin to try? It's almost as if God says, sorry, I've forgotten about that. That's repent, you've repented of that, it's gone. That's gone and done with. Come on, let's go again. Let's go again. God's grace is all over our attempts to live excellently for him, to lead with excellence. It's all over it. Paul says, I'll boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ might rest on me. Striving to live and lead with excellence is our response to God's love and acceptance of us. It's not perfection. We won't see perfection this side of heaven. But it's knowing that his mercy is new every morning, whatever yesterday was like. I have an opportunity every new day to find out what pleases him and to walk in the good works that he's prepared in advance for me today. Let's pray and then we'll just get into groups just for a few minutes. Father, we thank you that in the Lord Jesus we have the model of one who lived excellently right from the start of his life to the end of his earthly life. He lived before you with excellence, so much so that you looked at him and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And Father, we also want to follow his example. We thank you so much that you give us everything we need to live in a way that is excellent before you. And we pray now that just as we take a few moments in our groups to, to just consider what it might mean to live and lead in a way that is excellent. You will just cement and seal anything that you would say to us. Another shower, we pray, of your blessing on us and your voice to us in these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. So what we're doing, is you might know if you are here last week, the pattern is we're just going to spend just a few minutes, five or six minutes, uh, just with our groups and... What I'd like you to do is just think about this point, really. Has anything from this morning's talk on living and leading with excellence particularly spoken to you or resonated with you? You might share that briefly, and then why don't you just pray together. So I think if, if you're in Martin and Maureen's group, they're just sitting at the back there. You might want to gather around them. Um, have we got anyone from Pete and Lucy's today? Yeah, if you, so Pete and Lucy's group just over here then, and then... 
uh, Val and Faith and Garth and Gidges group just over there. And if you're visiting, you can just join any group you like. And we're just going to spend a few minutes just talking and then we'll and then you will close in prayer. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.